Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. Good morning, Vine Church. How's everybody? You all ready? Can we stand for a moment, please? If there's a moment in history, I'm not sure when we sang these songs that the penny fully dropped for me. I'm not really sure because we sang that when he speaks, the mountains can be cast into the seas. And beautifully sang, the oceans will roar. That's just a wee glimpse of the awesomeness of our God and his child that was born. So I just wonder if we could allow ourselves just to get 10% more excited about that in this moment in history. And for the next 60 seconds, put our hands together and just give a wee shout or a big shout or a huge shout to the living God in the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, 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 oh. I'll lay you into a secret. It's not a sin to get a wee bit excited about the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming birth. Come on. I know you're all as excited as me about the election results this week. I know you are. And I'm, I'm so excited with election results. I really am, by the way. Know the ones that happened this week, the ones that happened 2,000 years ago, when the real government was put on the king's shoulders and he won the only seat available beside the Father. And all governments and all nations and every knee will bow to the one that was elected 2,000 years ago. That's worth another wee clap, guys. We might just spend 45 minutes clapping. People getting all concerned this week about what man's doing. What man, man has very little say in the end of the story because I've read the book, guys, and I know how it ends. So why don't you sit down and, and get ready for the message I want to bring this morning. Now, I'm not going to bring you the, another little Advent story, although this is Advent. Advent originally was all about the second coming of Christ at the end of the day that I hope you're all looking forward to. But there was a point in history when it was flipped a little and became a bit more focused on the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And the word Advent is, 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 is it literally means coming. It means preparing yourself for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this week, on Friday morning, I got the early train to Newcastle and a lift to Whitley Bay because Sir Peter Vardy Foundation, the car mogul, he has this amazing foundation and an amazing organization called Junction 42. And Junction 42, Aaron spoke about troubles and, and, and so Junction 42 is an incredible ministry 
to ex-convicts, addicts, addicts and prisoners. And the leader told me he is bringing 100 of those ex-convicts and addicts to our wilderness event. Guys, you don't want to miss that. Let's give it up for those guys down there. But they asked me to go and do a day for them because these guys day in and day out, ladies and men, they're working in the ladies are working in women's prisons. The men are working in men's prisons with some of the most difficult, addicted criminals in England. Great, amazing key workers. One man, Alan Reed, has a studio, an art studio on Whitley Bay. And he said he does these paintings, and he showed me one of the Fourth Road Bridge. He says, could you just tell your friends in Scotland in case anybody wants to buy one? I said, okay, what, what kind of price are we looking at? I was thinking 50, 100 quid. He says, well, I could let this one go for 12,000 pounds. I said, I was going to say, how much is it for two? <laughs> and he said, but I've cut that down to two days a week because I've given three days a week to go to the prisons and paint for the prisoners in such a way that they would see how great what God has. And, and, and when I was going there, the leader says, you know, they're on the front line of dealing with the biggest problems you could ever imagine. And that was a question I had when I was preparing this message. The biggest problem, so you can imagine they're beat up, the discouragement, the thing, the people that have died on them this year. It's the toughest of toughest, toughest ministry in England. And so I said, God, and he says, we just want you to come and give them the fire they're going to need for the next year. I thought, <laughs> So we want you to get them healed, get them refreshed, get them built, and give them enough fuel in their engines for 2020. I thought, Lord, a we Scottish sermon is not going to do that. I need something, dare I say, supernatural from this Advent nativity story, you have to show me something because what they need is not, it, a little textbook thing's not gonna help them. They need something supernatural gift from the living God they can unwrap and that would empower them for the whole of 2020. And he said, okay, I'll give you one, Jimmy. And it's called, not the power of imagination, which I love, not the power of the gospel, which is through it all, but I'm going to give you an anointing to release and a message and a gift and wrap. And this morning, I want to, for anybody here that's facing Christmas, like Aaron said, and you've got all these troubles and you're going to 2020 and you want to believe and dream and have all these exciting ideas, but how can you do all that when you're surrounded with so many troubles and so many pressures, so many difficulties? But I believe what God has given us in his word, and I'm calling this supernatural gift anointing, which at the end I want to pray and release this. For anybody has faith, just to grab this thing and run with it. And I promise you, if you apply this, because it's in the Bible, it's not Jimmy Dow's, nothing to do with me, I had nothing. But if you apply this, it will flip every problem, every trouble, every difficult moment in your life I promise you, because it's gospel onto a whole new level and into a river of joy.
Who would like to flow through 2010 on a river? Come on, guys, a river of joy. Is David Light here this morning? Where is he? He's with the bits of bairns. Can you believe it? The man's about 140, and he's still working with the bairns. He's brilliant. He came in my house this week, and he says, Jimmy, he couldn't get in quick enough to show me his artwork, and he had these amazing elephants. He's painted for Marco. Amazing elephants in the river. And I saw it there, this power of magnification. I knew God was saying something, doing something. And when I got to the meeting at Whitley Bay, a lady jumped up and said, the Lord's given me some verses to read. She started to read about the river in Ezekiel, the river of God. A river that we know is a river of the Holy Spirit, a river full of joy and healing and power. And then another lady jumped up and pointed straight at me. She said, the Lord's saying you have to get back in the river like the elephants because the Nobody enjoys water more than the elephants. And she went on and on about these elephants in the water. Oh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sensing there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord's inviting you into that river today. That river today. That river that will float you through 2020. And that you would dive in that water when the lady first looked, pointed to me and started talking about elephants, I immediately held my breath. I thought she was talking about the size of my belly at the time. But I want to take us through the Advent story in a minute. But I want you to do me a favor, just, just, for, just for fun. I want you to put on a pair of, you know, the Bible talks about those that have got eyes to see. Why don't you just pretend you put on a pair of uh, magnifying glasses for the next 30 minutes? Just put on magnifying glasses. And as I read through a good amount of verses, would you be willing to come with me and just read it a little bit different to maybe how we read it yesterday? Because I want you to look for me and see where God doesn't play down this story. He's not like the Scotsman that scores a goal and says, it wasn't me, it was the team. Excuse me, I'm no stupid. I've been watching 11 men struggle for 90 minutes. You're the man who put the ball in the net. Stop playing everything down. But that's what we do in Britain and Scotland. But God doesn't do that. He magnifies stuff. And supernatural, spirit-filled people, they don't exaggerate. You can't exaggerate what God's done, but they magnify. Now, you check out how many times God steps in to this drama and magnifies stuff because he's great. So let's begin at Psalm, uh, well, Psalm 34 is our invitation first, 34.3. Oh, come. It's brilliant. Let us magnify the Lord, and let us exalt his name together. So we have an invitation. And so let's, let's begin, and we'll work through uh, Luke 2, the birth of Jesus. Now, see if you can pick out the moments. Let's load it with them. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world. The first census that was taken place while Quirinius was governor of Severia. 
Syria, and everyone went to town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, town of David. He belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there, stay with me guys, he went there to be registered with Mary. He was pledged to be married him and expect a child. When they were there, the time came to be born, and she gave birth to a firstborn. She wrapped him in cloths in a manger because there was no guest room available. Here it begins, guys. Those shepherds. Come on, step in the story, guys. See it. Feel it. Smell it. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, just keeping watch over their flocks. Here it comes, guys. Not sneaking in the back door. Not just a wee, oh, it wasn't me, it was the team. An angel of the Lord appears to them. And that's not enough. He magnifies the moment. He says, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them in such a way they were flipping terrified. Oh, I love the magnifier. I would love to, would you not love to be there? Just for the angel would have done me. But when he put the floodlights on, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. The angel speaks. I will bring you good news. I'll bring great joy to all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior. Is that no magnify? A savior, not just a wee guy. It's, you know, a savior. Here's the Messiah. It's just loaded with magnification. The Lord, he will be assigned to you. You'll find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, <laughs> that would have been enough, guys. You step into East Tent Park, an angel appears, and then the chairman puts the lights on. He's not finished. He's not finished. He's not finished. He's scoring the greatest goal in history. And he wants everybody to never forget it. So he magnifies it like crazy. They'll be assigned to suddenly a great company. Let's just stop for a minute, guys. Do we believe this? You know, is this Jack and Ori? This is no Frozen Five. This is Unfrozen One. This is the real thing. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and earth peace to all in whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing the Lord has done. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby was lying in the manger. And when they seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all were amazed about what the shepherds said. Aaron, could you chop me that bottle of water, Paul, please? The, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, thanks, Aaron, which had been done and told. Just got 10 more verses to go, guys. That's all right. Are you okay? And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. Get this, guys. The name. Know that he's Machos or his Uncle Tam, or we better call him after eh, your cousin Joe. No, the angel. Let's get this magnified, guys. The angel had given them the name. 
before he was conceived. When the time of the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It is written, every firstborn is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a young man. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the conservation the consolation of Israel, and get this, guys, the Holy Spirit was on him. What if you left today with an awareness the Holy Spirit is on you, like with an awareness you've never had before? It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved. When was the last time you were moved by the Spirit, guys? Moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required. Simeon took his arms in his arms, and he was saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may need doubt. Now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Here comes the magnifying again, which you have prepared in sight of all the nations. The child's father and mother marveled what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many. What about the magnification in that? A child born out of a wedlock, and God announces this child is going to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against for all eternity. So the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce his soul. And we're coming to one of my favorite bits in the story, a beautiful part that is very often overlooked, but I think it's one of the keys in the story. Just about a little, a little wee old, old lady called Anna, but it's packed full of rich, wisdom, anointing, and blessing for you and me for 2020. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then she was a widow until she was 84. She had every right to face Christmas like in the pits. But she understood the secret of magnification. Because watch what she does. And this is the key for us this Christmas, especially if we've got troubles, especially if we've got challenges. It says this. Well, let me put in my language. She made a decision to spend the rest of her life flowing in magnification in magnification. This is what she did. She was a widow until she was 84, but she decided 
never to leave the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. If there's a better lesson in the Bible for you and me this Christmas, please let me know all about it. Because she, only seven years of marriage, and then bang, her bottom falls at her world. She would have every right to grieve for the rest of the days, crawling in the corner, feel sorry for herself. But she stepped into the world of magnification and decided to give every moment to worship and magnify the greatness of the living God. Guys, let's give it up for that little widow, Anna, because we're benefiting from her story to this day. Psalm 105 says this, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. That's magnifying. Sing to him praises, tell of all his wondrous works. We magnify how great God is because there's three ways to magnify God. Number one, Magnify who he is. Magnify. Let everybody know your father, your mother, your granny, and your budgie may have let you down. But this father, this father, this father is like no other father who will never fail you. In fact, he's infatuated with you so much he gave his boy for you. So we can magnify who he is we can magnify what he's done. And then it begins to get really exciting because we can magnify him for what he's about to do in the year 2020 in your life and mine. Let's give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, the magnification. So, Step number one, let's get practical. So how are you going to magnify the Lord? And here is the secret. I'm not going to keep this to the end. Here is the secret. The all great faith, supernatural, spirit-filled heroes I've ever read about understand that in order to shrink your problem, you have to first magnify the solution. Come on, guys. In order, so, so in this story, there's two magnifiers going on. The devil is trying to magnify his mission and have every firstborn child killed and all kinds of trouble caused. But we see in this nativity story that God gets her eyes not on the problem, but on the solution. Every decent psychologist, psychiatrist, neuroscientist is now talking about this stuff like never before. 
that if you want to flow on the river of the living God in joy through 2020, then I want to release this gift to you. You could call it a new habit. And if you take this habit home with you and you apply it morning, afternoon, and night, because it's what all the great saints did. Let me just say it again. You must magnify the solution in order to shrink the problem. What do we do, guys? I know what I do. I magnify the problem until I can't even think of a solution. Come on. Anybody else do that now and again? Come on, be honest. Help me. Help me, guys. Anybody else do that? Magnify? Some of you are telling the truth. Because <laughs> I don't think it's a day in my life goes by that I don't do that. Because each one of us has a natural. And the natural is always drawn to the unfaith, the problem and magnifier, but the supernatural will always draw you. So what if in 2010, when the devil taps you on the shoulder of that bit of bad news, that bit of difficulty, you know, resources problem, family problem, mortgage problem, memory, health, mind. What if every time he tapped you on the shoulder, you shrank that sucker? You shrank that sucker, but first, you magnified the solution. Oh God, you're all powerful. Oh God, you never fail. Oh God, your son came as the healer, the counselor, the deliverer, the king of kings. The solution for every single one of man's problems. So, very quickly, number one, three things to take home, to take away. How do you magnify the Lord instead of magnifying the problem? Number one, you magnify the Lord by faith when you see before you see. You magnify the Lord when you see before you see. Tim Thompson put me onto a great guy recently, uh, Andrew Womack. And Andrew Womack tells this brilliant story of a blind lady that came for a miracle of sight. And he prayed for the lady, but he told her to shut her eyes. And he asked her, can you see? And she opened her eyes. And he says to her, I told you to shut your eyes. So she shuts her eyes. He prayed for her again. He said, can you see? And she opened her eyes again. And he said, I told you to keep your eyes closed. And the third time, he says, no, I'm going to pray for you once more, but you must not open your eyes. So he prayed for her a third time. She didn't open her eyes. And she said, oh, I could see. I could see. I could see because you see, God has to put your outside lights off to switch on your inner lights. And once she could see by faith, he said, open her eyes, and she could see. 
Let's give it up for the living God. Come on, guys. Faith people don't live by human sight. Real faith people get alone with God and let God magnify the solution before they open their eyes. Are you ready for the second one, guys? You ready for the second one? Okay. The second one is you magnify the Lord by faith when you drink before you shrink. You magnify the Lord when you drink before you shrink. You drink of the Lord when you worship Him. When this comes, the troubles come, the burdens come, get alone with the Lord. Get into the river of God. Begin to worship Him. Get some good worship on. If you're looking for a new band, try Maverick City. Anybody here heard of Maverick City before? Oh, my goodness me. Treat yourself this Christmas. Get your blue tunes or iTunes or green tunes, whatever you've got. Just get some Maverick City, don't you? Or, or whatever your favorite worship is. But get into worship and drink and drink and drink of the power and begin to worship and fill yourself up with the greatness of God, the magnificence of God, the cooling, the goodness of God, the power of God, and remind yourself and fill your spirit with possibilities till you're exploding. And when you do that and you come out of that zone to, to, to shrink the problem, you find the problem's already shrunk and it's already disappeared. I'm going to elaborate this in, in another time, but, but I want to encourage you. Start your morning with drinking. Finish your day with drinking. And any problem when, any time a problem taps you on the shoulders, I don't care where you are, just stop, take a drink. The awareness of the Holy Spirit, the river of God is there, 24-7. I told you the other week I was in Topman in Edinburgh. It was a busy time. And I knew it was okay. I could do what I want because strange people go to Topman. <laughs> so I know it was all right to behave strange because they've got strange clothes. And I, this little problem, a little text came through, a little trouble came through, a little thing, just enough to distract me and get me focused on the problem. And bang in the middle of Topman, I just closed my eyes and began to drink, oh, river of God, Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. My word, I came out of that shop like rocket man. And I, I want to encourage you guys, the river of God, the Holy Spirit's river. The Bible says that when you were given salvation when you became a Christian, you were given a lot more than eternal life. You were given a river. And it's God's desire that rivers and rivers and rivers of God flow from you. Well, that can only happen if you drink. So who's up for drinking more than they've ever drunk before in 2020? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on. Top man, top woman, anywhere at all. Let's get into the river of the Holy Spirit of God and get filled and refreshed. And the third one is this. 
You magnify the Lord when you feed before you bleed. When you feed before you bleed. The natural reaction, and maybe it's just me, is when I get hit with some big bad news, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding over everywhere. I'm bleeding to this one. I'm bleeding to that one. I'm bleeding. (laughs) But what if we didn't bleed to nobody? What if we didn't even bleed to our partners? What if we didn't even bleed to ourselves? But instead, we took a moment to feed before we bleed. How many people know that Aaron says, just press that one. Which one? I've got no glasses on. I was like, six there, if I can see. So, guys, please, 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 treat yourself in 2020. How many people are willing to be honest and say that consistent Bible reading is not easy for you? Come on. How many? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, consistent Bible reading. Now, we know that the Word of God is the bread of life, and when we feed on it, when we feed on it, it builds us up like you cannot believe. But if we could find a way of feeding before the bleeding shows up, and before the bleeding comes and taps us on the shoulder, we are so full up with the anointing, the river of God, and the power of his word, that it's going to take 10 Goliaths to take us out the game. I'm going to show you a little clip in a moment, and then I'm going to give you a little thing that if you're struggling to consistently feed on the Bible, I'm going to give you a little tip that flipped it for me and solved the problem like you can't believe. Can we show this little clip of what happens to people, latest scientific research, what happens to people when they feed before they bleed. <laughs> there was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 uh, p- uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80, and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. Okay. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the Scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. 
you would expect that it'd be one, two, I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow, Ang four times a week in the Four Bible. times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's Word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. There was a recent study. Let's give it up for that guy. Is there some shocking, shocking, shocking statistics? So guys, to help you, I want to make a suggestion because you're either a reader or you're not. I don't even read my mail when it comes in. It just says the bank, I ah, will talk to you tomorrow. You know, um, tax, out. you know. Elma goes absolutely nuts at me. She's like, you read none, Jimmy? Well, I do read things, I enjoy, you know, but I don't She's like, she reads everything three, four times over. And she's like, Jimmy, you're 60 days late with that payment. And what? Where does it say that? And she knows fine well I've never read that. I'm just pretending I've read that. And she reads everything three, four, five. It's great, you know. That's all right with the bank, but it's no great with the Bible. And so, for those of you that are struggling, if I could give you one single little thing that might help, would you be up for it? Who would be up for it? If I can give you something that would take it to a whole new level. Okay. If you have a telephone or a smartphone or you have an, an iPad or you have a computer or something like that, then I want to encourage you to go on to audible.co.uk. There's a Bible on there, and it's going to cost you £20-ish. It's, 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 we'll put this on the Vine Church Facebook here, and is that all right? And let people see which one it is. You could see there if you don't catch it. It's a promised Bible. And it's, it's not read by... Joe Soap, you know, I think the six Hollywood voices, if I'm right, speaking it. So it's a bit dramatic and stuff like that, but it totally, totally keeps your life. And I promise you, you'll fly through 10 chapters before you even get to your work. And you'll not realize you're, you're getting fed and you're hearing things you've never heard before and your faith is going through the roof. And it's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Audible app. I can tell by your silence you're totally amazed at that. <laughs> Let's give it up to the living God for these guys that put all the time into doing that. Because you're busy, you've got bits of bearings keeping you awake at five, you've drank to your work half deed. Hey guys, we, we've been there, we, we know. In fact, I didn't know until you get grand bearings, you're still there. But here's the thing, here's the thing. You just pop it on, one finger, one button, and boom. You're feeding, and you're feeding, and you're feeding. So let's stand together. If we could have the band up, please. 
I understand there's a, there's not an elephant coming, but there's a special guest. So we're going to draw this to a close quickly, but I want to just say a prayer. I want to say a prayer. Don't be surprised if you get the tap on the shoulder 20 times a day. That little text, that little phone call, that little complaint, that little worry, that little fear. Hey, guys, you're no special because of hamster. That hamster's all. That hamster's all. That health issue, that problem, that trouble, that, that fear, that anxiety. Don't be surprised and don't beat yourself up because it's tapping you there. We just need to break that neurological pattern in our mind that allows that thing to suck us down the old anxiety trip. And we need to take that thing and go, hey, I'm going to do three things. I'm going to see before I see. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to see the healer who arrived. I'm going to see the king on his throne. I'm going to see myself sit beside him where he called me to be. I'm going to see all powers and all evils are under my feet. I'm going to see myself in victory. I'm going to see every one of my dreams come true. Before you open your eyes, ask the Holy Spirit to open your real eyes, to switch on your inner light. When the apostle, when Saul was causing all kinds of disruption, what did God do? He put him in darkness. He put his lights out. He put him in darkness for three days. He had to switch his outer light off so in the darkness he could see. He could see. He could see. And the result of that is writing two-thirds of the New Testament. And very, very practically, ask the Lord before you open your eyes to help you magnify Him. Just magnify Him. Remind yourself of His greatness. And see Him touching every one of the problems. And see Him as the solution. And secondly, drink. Just say, I'm not used to this stuff, Holy Spirit. I'm not quite sure it works, but just he promised that the drink he gives is better than any water. So just say, come river. Come river of God and fill me up. I'm having to do this 20 times a day, not because I'm a holy woolly, because I'm getting 20 challenges a day, even though I'm supposed to be re-fired. But here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing, guys. If you could magnify your awareness of the Holy Spirit every minute of every day in every situation, like the lady talking about the elephants to me and David Leith already showed me it 24 hours beforehand, that's magnifying. Are you aware when the bird passes, when trees blow in the wind? The Holy Spirit, He is speaking nonstop morning and afternoon and night to encourage you and fill you up. So drink, oh, Holy Spirit. And thirdly, pop that audible one if you're struggling to read. And say, God, feed me. And I promise you this. Every time you press that button or open that Bible, from this moment forward, something's on you. Something is going to get magnified in that Word of God that you never saw before. Every time you come to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will be on it, and it will magnify it. And you'll go, what? That was just a wee widow last week. Now she 
is the example of many of the examples of how to magnify when the worst thing happens to you. And I promise you, Holy Spirit, very quickly, in this moment, I thank you for every person here. And the moment their mother heard the news, they were to be born. Six, 10, 12, 20 weeks pregnant, she heard that news. She kicked into magnifying. She immediately started magnifying how beautiful this little girl, this beautiful little boy, the, the future they might have, what they might wear, what color I will fix the room. The magnifier exploded. And Jesus, I want to thank you that when you came, your father did not try to sneak you in the back door. He magnified by sending hosts of angels. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would come right now and you would touch every person and release an anointing of the power of magnification. If you have a dream right now, let the Holy Spirit magnify it a hundred thousand fold. If you have a prayer request right now, let the Holy Spirit magnify the solution. If you have a financial problem, let the Holy Spirit magnify it. I got to Waverly Station two minutes before the train was due to leave Friday morning because I got off at the wrong station. And I had to bow, Andrew Perry, it's your fault. You were supposed to be there to guide me. I'm sure you have, Andrew. Two minutes. And I saw 10 of these barriers where you were to scan your phone, your phone ticket. And I thought, if I stop to do that, my train's gone. So I roared at the guard as I was running about 100 years ago. Mister, 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 my train's two minutes. I don't have time to play with your new toys. You'll need to swing the gates open wide and let me through. And he did. Never even last to see my ticket. And I bolted through. Just bolted through. Got on the train with 60 seconds to go. Oh, yeah, beauty. Or I'd have missed my whole day. And I say that to say this, guys. That when I got back, I said to the guard, why did you do that? That was a miracle. He says, that wasn't a miracle, son. They've not been working for three months. I said, aye, that's what your monkey says, but let me tell you straight, mate. My God was three months ahead of me. He shut you down so I could get through in two minutes. Give it up for the living God, guys. Have a great Christmas. Have a great 2020. Stay filled. Stay in the river. Stay in faith. Glory be to God. <laughs>